Hey, hello and welcome to another RFA podcast. Uh, this time I'm going to talk about uh, why you don't need RFA certification or training and maybe why you do so that you have a, a clear understanding of the history of how we got to where we're at and what uh, needs to be in place, what has to be in place and what should be in place and all the variables in between. And what we're going to take a look at is uh, a little bit of a discussion on other providers of uh, training and professional designations so you can figure out how they fit into uh, the way that you conduct business. Well, if you've been uh, following what's happening in the ORFA world, you'll have realized that, in fact, we are going to celebrate 75 years as a not-for-profit association, and that's a fairly significant milestone for any organization to be 75 years of age and uh, without disruption. And so having come through the pandemic in the last little while, it's exciting to know that we are, in fact, stronger than ever. So what I want to do is uh, provide you with a brief brief, uh, background in regards to um, the evolution of education, training, and then ultimately uh, accreditation or certification that you might uh, have either obtained or wonder how it fits into the world that you are in. So for those of you who've been around for a while, maybe you were lucky enough to attend the University of Guelph, uh, our annual professional development program, which in fact was held basically the same time each year at the end of April, uh, first week in May. And uh, that time was chosen way back in the day because it kind of aligned perfectly with uh, ice arenas pulling their ice. Uh, Long winter was over and uh, ice sheets were coming out and we were in a transition to either go to summer operations with rink or move outdoors to uh, some other responsibilities. So it was a great window uh, for us to uh, um, be able to provide that professional development setting. Now, as time marched along, it became somewhat of a conflict for some operations because they, in fact, were in full gear for summer operations by the time the end of April or first week in May came along and they couldn't get away. Now, way back when I started in the late 70s, there was no regional training that was available through the RFA. We uh, basically just did it at uh, the University of Guelph, and that was the only time that you could actually get uh, an opportunity to be exposed to a professional development uh, environment. So... In time, we were challenged uh, by uh, members to come outside uh, that box, and uh, we slowly uh, did. Uh, Oshawa was uh, the uh, first to uh, take on a basic uh, refrigeration course before it became basic arena refrigeration course uh, because they wanted their staff trained, but they couldn't send them all to Guelph at the same time. So the board of directors and the staff uh, of the RFA before I joined uh, took that on as a, as a challenge, and they, in fact, did provide it in a regional setting. And it was the, the first stepping stone to uh, what uh, and where we are today. Then we moved on uh, really into a large growth uh, period. We did start to provide regional training outside uh, the uh, traditional University of Guelph, but it was the Quebec Cree in their evolution of uh, building uh, a, a large amount of recreation inventory uh, that they uh, recognized that, that they needed uh, education. 
uh, to support uh, the growth in that area. And they challenged us to uh, come to Quebec and assist them with uh, getting their their teams up to speed. And that was a, a huge financial springboard for us. And to be honest, we had a large learning curve. And I was still working in the field at the time and was a board member and assisted ORFA staff in coming up with the business plan and, and the delivery mechanisms and the logistics. And I suspect that kind of lent to uh, my becoming the technical director later on down the line but that's another story so ultimately um we've gone through some evolutions where we had uh, a, a lot of training courses that really didn't add up to anything so when somebody put their resume in they would list all the orfa courses that they had and an employer will try to sort through them and figure out the value so time marches along. You, the member, challenged us to make our profession more of a professional organization for a variety of reasons. And they, they wanted some sort of program put in place so that they, uh, the employers would realize that there was a tremendous amount of different skill sets that were required based on the actual diversity of every workplace. And so that's when we came up with the uh, registered recreation facility uh, platform, uh, which basically looked at uh, operators and supervisors and managers and administrators. And that worked very well, uh, I'm going to say probably for about 15 years. And uh, it grew in acceptance and, and employers uh, started to embrace the uh, benefit of having proven uh, account accreditation for accountability and, and risk management purposes. So we went through a uh, evolution, I'm going to again say about 15 years ago, uh, and we rebranded into the certification programs that you know today, the certified ice technician, and aquatic technician, building technician, ground technician, and uh, the Certified Arena Refrigeration Plant Technician, as well as the CRFP, the Certified Recreation Facilities Professional Designation. And ultimately what that does, it provides a recognition for every one of the silos that we represent as an organization. So as one of the original architects for the CIT, uh, when we did uh, finish up the accreditation program, um, we were excited as a um, not as a volunteer group uh, on what we designed and we thought wouldn't it be marvelous one day that we would see a job posting someplace in the province of Ontario looking for a certified ice technician so time marches on and you know what 25 30 years later when you take a look at the job postings that come out in e-news you're seeing that they are looking for different accreditations to support the position uh, as a, a strength uh, in regards to the application that an individual may be submitting. Is it mandatory? Absolutely not. And so in the end, it now becomes the employer's responsibility to prove competency, and we're providing that one pathway for them to be able to explore. So I've had some interesting conversations over the last little while and uh, members ask, uh, you know, a variety of questions in regards to the history and why things uh, may cost as much as what they do. Well, you need to appreciate, again, that even though we have uh, the name Ontario and Ontario Recreation Facilities Association, we're not affiliated with the provincial government. We serve the province of Ontario and you are members. And ultimately, we receive no funding. Uh, from any other source other than you are members. So you're the economic engine that in fact uh, drives the association uh, for the goods and services that we provide. Now, 
does an employer need to get their staff trained through RFA and have certifications? Absolutely not. It's a foundation, and the way that we like to describe it is uh, an accreditation like the certified ice technician is uh, a house. It's basically a house that's been built on four different training courses. It gives you a, a very strong um, structure to build on for your career, but it's definitely not the end of your, your training or education or professional development. In fact, it's a start. So we require that you, in fact, have two years of proven experience to every one of the accreditations that we have before we'll award it to you. So it's a balance of both uh, professional development and um, experience that will signify that, in fact, that you've got across the line that uh, we expect as a minimum for you to be able to hold that accreditation. Now, what you need to understand is much as we may refer to it as training from time to time, the reality is it's only professional development, meaning it's the equivalent of getting a post-secondary education in, in the discipline you hope to work in one day. So what we want to be able to do is set that foundation block in place or blocks based on the training that you've got and then it's supposed to be supported with ongoing self-directed education meaning if you're reading facility form or other publications or manufacturers information um, and you're staying in tune with changes in the industry you're well positioned it's supposed to be supported by a workplace specific training program so we will talk about refrigeration in in a broad concept as in the site and how it impacts uh, the whole uh, ice world. Uh, but in the end, you have to go into your specific plant room and discover if you've got a plate and frame chiller, for an example, or a flooded one, or what kind of condenser you got, what type of configuration, where the safety devices are, what they're set at, what type of compressors, what are the risks and hazards associated specific with your plant room. So when you get in there, you understand the concepts, but now what you need to do is have a practical application. So we provide the education and the employer is supposed to provide the training. That's the way that the system is supposed to design to work. Now, the processes that the RFA puts in place uh, fits basically what the Ministry of Labor puts out as criteria to be met for those type of pathways. So to be recognized as a training program, the Ministry of Labor expects that there will be instruction, there will be materials that a person walks away with, and there needs to be a testing mechanism uh, so that it proves that in fact the individual comprehended the information that in fact was being shared. So if any of those are missing, whatever you're getting for training wouldn't really qualify for being recognized training by the Ministry of Labor if ever called into question. So what you need is that certification at the end that uh, basically says that you passed a variety of tests that uh, indicate that you got the information and you retained the information and Ultimately, if you get the accreditation that you've applied it in, in two years, so you should have a strong working knowledge and being able to um, move forward. So you don't really need it, uh, but in the end, uh, if you take a, get a look again uh, on, the, uh, we on our um, e-news and see the job postings, then you'll start to realize how many employers are starting to recognize the benefit of having individuals arrive with some proven uh, ability to work in whatever one of the sectors or silos that you pick in regards to um, the refrigeration. Now, I'm asked, will we take equivalencies uh, from other 
institutions or providers or training. And we have some limited ability for us to accept uh, some equivalencies. So for an example, we will accept the certified pool operators course uh, in lieu of our aquatic facility operators course. And the reason for that is that well, obviously CPO has been around for a long time, but it's also very much just an introductory course, no different than what our AFO course. So we realize that forcing our members back to take the introductory course through ORFA uh, doesn't make any sense. And we took a hard look at the existing training programs that were out there, our competition. Ours aligns with what they're doing. It's more enhanced for Ontario specific. We'll get you on the second one, which is the, uh, the, uh, the, the advanced course for aquatics, for an example. And what we'll do is we'll uh, backfill it with all of the Ontario-specific legislation and then ultimately the recertification program. So the Certified Pool Operators course is one of the ones that I've had discussions with. So there's a, provi there's a variety of providers out there. They're independent contractors. Uh, they're on their own. There's no connection to the organization that they get the training materials from. They go through a train-the-trainer program and there's a relationship that they'll have with NSPI uh, in regards to being recognized as a CPO trainer and they got to keep their credentials up and 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 uh, and um, move along accordingly to meet whatever criteria they have in place so we've got some manufacturers of uh, of aquatic uh, equipment uh, chemicals that provide uh, CPO training well they've already got a staff member so what they do is they take this under their portfolio because to be quite honest with you it's an opportunity for them to build in uh, pictures and marketing materials specific to their products and services. So there's kind of a sales job that goes on at the same time. We have independent uh, um instructors, meaning that they've decided to start their own little cottage industry and, and do a few trainings uh, programs on the side. And they can, they can basically charge whatever they want. So there's no set criteria. So now you get back to ORFA, who in fact will provide CPO training courses, but we can't compete uh, with an independent contractor or uh, a manufacturer uh, because we just don't have the same latitude in regards to finances. So we have to charge a little bit more. Uh, for us to be able to provide that service. But you're a consumer. You can get it wherever you like. The point that I want to make, though, is that you cannot become certified in two days by taking a CPO aquatic course. Now, moving over into the ICE uh, side of the business, uh, we've got some independent contractors that are providing what they consider to be training. Again, go back to my definition, if in fact it does meet training. Does it compete with what the RFA does? Absolutely not. The uh, different uh, trainings that are out there, one is provided by a manufacturer and it's specific to their product. And what they want to do is ensure that after sales that they're providing training, uh, that will ensure that their equipment is going to provide uh, the best uh, operation possible. Uh, and they want the uh, trainers to understand it. So that's a, a site-specific and equipment-specific. And would I recommend it? Absolutely. As long as they have a strong foundation in regards to what's going on, uh, that's fabulous and uh, move ahead. 
an independent contractor that provides it, in the end, you need to take that as being more of professional development than training. Because again, you have to go back to what I suggested has to be the, the three touch points to be qualified as training to go in a, an employee's training file in regards to what moves on. Would it enhance what we do as the certified ICE technician uh, designation? Absolutely. Is it going to provide you with a different uh, approach or experiences? Absolutely. Does it replace the, the certified ICE technician designation? Absolutely not. It's uh, sort of like asking if DeVry is the equivalent of a Harvard uh, uh, education. And we see ourselves up along the elite when it comes to professional development. And if you believe that you can get the equivalent by a less uh, uh, amount uh, or a less of an experience, then that's something that uh, you have to choose as an employer. So in the end, uh, when it comes to accreditation, certification, training, uh, a facility manager needs to be educated in regards to what, uh, what each one will in fact uh, be able to provide and do in the long term. And then uh, you get to decide uh, how you're going to function uh, as an operation. In the end, it's up to each individual uh, to be able to move forward. Are we comfortable as an organization in regards to what we do? Absolutely. Uh, is it perfect? Well, there's always room for improvement, and we appreciate your feedback on anything that we do. So hopefully uh, this helps uh, clear up some of the uh, different discussion points or confusion uh, in regards to uh, what's going on inside the environment uh, of uh, our world in regards to training, education, professional development, and awareness. They're all different animals in different cages that are all in the same zoo. You'll just have to figure out what best works for you. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you again for joining me. Always appreciate the time that you uh, take to, to listen to the ramblings that I put on. Stay safe out there until the next time we meet. Take care.